You're listening to a Glassbox Media Podcast. We're thrilled to team up with Acoustic Sheep for a special giveaway. One lucky listener will win a pair of sleep phones wireless, the ultimate sleep headphones, plus a whole year of premium ad-free episodes from I Can't Sleep Podcast. To enter, just follow at Sleep Phones and at I Can't Sleep Podcast on Instagram. Tag your friends in the comments. Each tag counts as an entry, and there's no limit to how many times you can tag. Don't miss out on your chance to enhance your nightly routine with sleep phones and a year of serene listening with our podcast. I'll list the details in the show notes, and all the information you can find about the giveaway will be on Instagram. If you love falling asleep to the I Can't Sleep podcast, I think I know of a brand new show for you to wake up to. The Daily Book Club is a podcast where the host, Otis Gray, reads classic stories every day, one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Hear amazing tales read start to finish. Whether you want to get engaged and wrapped up in fantastic stories that have stood the test of time, or you just want to relax and listen to a great book, The Daily Book Club is there for you to get lost in however you like. Right now, Otis is reading The Enchanted April. In the 1920s, four women, unfulfilled with life, take a chance and abscond to a dreamy medieval Italian castle in the month of April as the flowers bloom. It's a story dripping with wisteria, the beauty of solitude, and an unlikely pursuit of joy in Portofino, Italy. A perfect book to start this season. You can find The Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. Subscribe so you never miss an episode and tune in each morning to hear what happens next. Welcome to the I Can't Sleep Podcast where I read random articles from across the web to bore you to sleep with my soothing voice. I'm your host, Benjamin Boster. Today's episode is from a Wikipedia article titled, Fence. As more people discover the benefits of fasting, including weight loss, enhanced mental and physical performance, and improved gut health, the challenge often lies in the daunting prospect of not eating. That's where Prolon comes in a groundbreaking plant-based nutrition program that nourishes your body while tricking your cells into thinking they're fasting. Developed over decades at the University of Southern California's Longevity Institute and supported by top U.S. medical centers, Prolon is designed to maintain healthy blood sugar levels, support cardiovascular health, and help reduce abdominal fat. However, Prolon is not just a diet. It's a science-driven approach rooted in Nobel Prize-winning medical research. The journey with Prolon begins with a five-day regimen of snacks, soups, and beverages, all crafted to sustain a fasting state. Choosing a nutrition program can be daunting, yet Prolon would be at the top of my list for its convenience, scientific backing, and effectiveness. It's no surprise that thousands of doctors now recommend Prolon to foster healthy blood sugar and cardiovascular health. Right now, Prolon is offering I Can't Sleep listeners 10% off their five-day nutrition program. Go to prolonlife.com slash I can't sleep. That's P R O L O N life.com slash I can't sleep for this special offer. That's prolonlife.com slash I can't sleep. And thank you to Prolon for sponsoring the podcast. Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international best selling author here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. 
Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. A fence is a structure that encloses an area, typically outdoors, and is usually constructed from posts that are connected by boards, wire, rails, or netting. A fence differs from a wall in not having a solid foundation along its whole length. Alternatives to fencing include a ditch, sometimes filled with water, forming a moat. Types by function. Agricultural fencing to keep livestock in and or predators out. Blast fence, a safety device that redirects the high-energy exhaust from a jet engine. Sound barrier or acoustic fencing to reduce noise pollution. Crowd control barrier. Privacy fencing to provide privacy and security. Temporary fencing, to provide safety, security, and to direct movement wherever temporary access control is required, especially on building and construction sites. Perimeter fencing, to prevent trespassing or theft and or to keep children and pets from wandering away. Decorative fencing, to enhance the appearance of a property, garden, or other landscaping. Boundary fencing, to demarcate a piece of real property. Newt fencing, amphibian fencing, drift fencing or turtle fence, a low fence of plastic sheeting or similar materials to restrict movement of amphibians or reptiles. Pest exclusion fence, pet fence, an underground fence for pet containment. Pool fence, snow fence. A balustrade or railing is a fence to prevent people from falling over an edge, most commonly found on a stairway, landing, or balcony. Railing systems and balustrades are also used along roofs, bridges, cliffs, pits, and bodies of water. By construction. Brushwood fencing, a fence made using wires on either side of brushwood to compact the brushwood material together. Chain link fencing, wire fencing made of wires woven together. Close boarded fencing, strong and robust fence constructed from mortised posts, arras rails, and vertical feather edge boards. 
expanding fence or trellis, a folding structure made from wood or metal on the scissor-like pantograph principle, sometimes only as a temporary barrier. Ha-ha, or sunken fence. Hedge, including cactus fence, hedgerows of intertwined living shrubs constructed by hedge laying, live fencing is the use of live woody species for fences, turf mounds in semi-arid grasslands such as the western United States or Russian steppes. Hurdle fencing made from movable sections. Pale fence, composed of pales, vertical posts embedded in the ground, with their exposed and typically tapered to shed water and prevent rot from moisture entering end grain wood, joined by horizontal rails, characteristically in two or three courses, also known as post and rail fencing. Palisade or stake wall made of vertical pales placed side by side with one end embedded in the ground and the other typically sharpened to provide protection. Characteristically, two courses of whaler are added on the interior side to reinforce the wall. Picket fences, generally a waist-high painted partially decorative fence. Round pole fences. Similar to post and rail fencing, but most closely spaced rails, typically of Scandinavia and other areas rich in raw timber. Slate fence. A type of palisade made of vertical slabs of slate wired together, commonly used in parts of Wales. Split rail fence, made of timber, often laid in a zigzag pattern. Particularly in, new settled, particularly in newly settled parts of the United States and Canada. Vaccary fence, named from Latin vaca, cow, for restraining cattle, made of thin slabs of stone placed upright, found in various places in the north of the UK where suitable stone is had. Vinyl fencing. Solid fences including dry stone wall or rock fence, often agricultural. Stockade fence, a solid fence composed of contiguous or very closely spaced round or half-round posts or stakes, typically pointed at the top. A scaled-down version of palisade wall made of logs, most commonly used for privacy. Wattle fencing or split branches woven between stakes. Wire fences. Smooth wire fence. Barbed wire fence. Electric fence. Woven wire fencing. Many designs from fine chicken wire to heavy mesh sheep fence or ring fence. Welded wire mesh fence. Wood panel fencing. Wrought iron fencing, also known as ornamental iron. Legal issues. In most developed areas, the use of fencing is regulated, variously in commercial, residential, and agricultural areas. 
Height, material, setback, and aesthetic issues are among the considerations subject to regulation. Required use. The following types of areas or facilities often are required by law to be fenced in for safety and security reasons. Facilities with open, high-voltage equipment, transformer stations, mast radiators. Transformer stations are usually surrounded with barbed wire fences. Around mast radiators, wooden fences are used to avoid the problem of eddy currents. Railway lines in the United Kingdom. Fixed machinery with dangerous mobile parts, for example at merry-go-rounds on entertainment parks. Explosive factories and quarry stones. Most industrial plants. Airfields and airports. Military areas. Prisons. Construction sites. Zoos and wildlife parks. Pastures containing male breeding animals, notably bulls and stallions. Open-air areas that charge an entry fee. Amusement equipment, which may pose danger for passers-by. Swimming pools and spas. History. Servitudes are legal arrangements of land use arising out of private agreements. Under the feudal system, most land in England was cultivated in common fields, where peasants were allocated strips of arable land that were used to support the needs of the local village or manor. By the 16th century, the growth of population and prosperity provided incentives for landowners to use their land in more profitable ways, dispossessing the peasantry. Common fields were aggregated and enclosed by large and enterprising farmers, either through negotiation among one another or by lease from the landlord to maximize the productivity of the available land and contain livestock. Fences redefine the means by which land is used, resulting in the modern law of servitudes. In the United States, the earliest settlers claimed land by simply fencing it in. Later, as the American government formed, unsettled land became technically owned by the government and programs to register land ownership developed, usually making raw land available for low prices or for free, if the owner improved the property, including the construction of fences. However, the remaining vast tracts of unsettled land were often used as a commons or, in the American West, open range, as degradation of habitat developed due to overgrazing and a tragedy of the commons situation arose. Common areas began to either be allocated to individual landowners via mechanisms such as the Homestead Act and Desert Land Act, and fenced in or, if kept in public lands, or, if kept in public hands, leased to individual users for limited purposes, with fences built to separate tracts of public and private land. United Kingdom Generally Ownership of a fence on a boundary varies. The last relevant original title deed and a completed seller's property information form may document which side has to put up and has installed any fence, respectively, the first using T marks 
symbols. The side with the T denotes the owner. The latter buy a ticked box to the best of the last owner's belief with no duty, as the conventionally agreed conveyancing process stresses, to make any detailed protracted inquiry. Commonly, the mesh or paneling is in mid-position. Otherwise, it tends to be on non-owner's side, so the fence owner might access the posts when repairs are needed. This is not a legal requirement. Where estate planners wish to entrench privacy, a close-boarded fence or equivalent well-maintained hedge of a minimum height may be stipulated by deed. Beyond a standard height, planning permission is necessary. The Hedge and Ditch Ownership Presumption Where a rural fence or hedge has, or in some cases had, an adjunct ditch, the ditch is normally in the same ownership as the hedge or fence with the ownership boundary being the edge of the ditch furthest from the fence or hedge. The principle of this rule is that an owner digging a boundary ditch will normally dig it up to the very edge of their land and must then pile the spoil on their own side of the ditch to avoid trespassing on their neighbor. They may then erect a fence or hedge on the spoil, leaving the ditch on its far side. Exceptions exist in law. For example, where a plot of land derives from subdivision of a larger one along the center line of a previously existing ditch or other feature, particularly where reinforced by historic parcel numbers with acreages beneath which were used to tally up a total for administrative units, not to confirm the actual size of holdings. A rare instance where ordnance survey maps often provide more than circumstantial evidence namely as to which feature is to be considered the boundary. Fencing of Livestock On private land in the United Kingdom, it is the landowner's responsibility to fence their livestock in. Conversely, for common land, it is the surrounding landowner's duty to fence the common's livestock, but such as in large parts of the new forest. Large commons with livestock roaming have been greatly reduced by 18th and 19th century acts for enclosure of commons, covering most local units with most remaining such land in the UK's national parks. United States Distinctly different land ownership and fencing patterns arose in the eastern and western United States. Original fence laws on the East Coast were based on the British common law system, and rapidly increasing population quickly resulted in laws requiring livestock to be fenced in. In the West, land ownership patterns and policies reflected a strong influence of Spanish law and tradition, plus the vast land area involved made extensive fencing impractical until mandated by a growing population and conflicts between landowners. The open-range tradition of requiring landowners to fence out unwanted livestock was dominant in most of the rural West until very late in the 20th century, and even today, a few isolated regions of the West 
still have open-range statutes on the books. More recently, fences are generally constructed on the surveyed property line as precisely as possible. Today, across the nation, each state is free to develop its own laws regarding fences. In many cases, for both rural and urban property owners, the laws were designed to require adjacent landowners to share the responsibility for maintaining a common boundary fence line. Today, however, only 22 states have retained that provision. Cultural Value of Fences The value of fences and the metaphorical significance of a fence, both positive and negative, has been extensively utilized throughout Western culture. A few examples include Good fences make good neighbors, a proverb quoted by Robert Frost in the poem Mending Wall. A good neighbor is a fellow who smiles at you over the back fence, but doesn't climb over it. Arthur Bear. There's something about jumping a horse over a fence, something that makes you feel good. Perhaps it's the risk, the gamble. In any event, it's a thing I need. William Faulkner. Fear is the highest fence. Dudley Nichols. To be fenced in is to be withheld. Kurt Tippett. What have they done with the earth? What have they done to the, our fair sister? Ravaged and plundered and ripped her and bit her, stuck her with knives in the side of the dawn, and tied her with fences and dragged her down. Jim Morrison of the Doors. Don't fence me in, Cole Porter. You shall build a turtle fence. Peter Hoekstra.